Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's share. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Sivan Barachmer and Rina Dubin, for dedicating all the Shiurim and Joshua's this month. In the Schuss of for their niece, Chava Tzipora Bas Chaya Malka. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, she together with Kol Choli Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. To thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Matt and Diana Marks, and for thanking the Shul for their Hachnasas Archim. Shukayach, thank you. We also wish to Marks the Masel Tov and Mach Hatzloch on their new home in Mir Sashem. We have to thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Mrs. Esther Parnas, with birthday wishes to Shalom Parnas. May you continue to grow in your Avodas Hashem. And Torah, truly beautiful. We'll see with that. Let us begin. We have a lot to do today, an exciting daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Tzadik Hey, 95. We left off on Tzadik Dalit Ahmed Beis. And we left off, actually, I think we left off about 17 lines down from the top. So a, a lot to do. So just to reorient ourselves a little bit. Does that look about right? 17 lines down from the top? Good. So we'll say, so I, I know we left a lot of Ahmed Bey's over. So. so remember again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit. We saw a fascinating Mishnah yesterday. The reverse case of everything we've been dealing with up until now. Which is up until now we were speaking about a situation of a husband who is going overseas and testimony about the loss of the husband. We now reversed the case a little bit, and this became a situation of the wife traveling overseas, the wife traveling overseas, and ultimately the impact then that that has on the husband. We then further complicated the case by talking about it's not just the pshat that the wife went overseas, but rather what happened, a wife and her brother-in-law. So ultimately, again, Sorachal and Shimon, her brother-in-law, go overseas, and ultimately, they get testimony that they both died, and now they, meaning they, their, hus- their, their respective husband and wife, get testimony that they both died. And and Ruvain ends up marrying Leah, his sister-in-law. So then again, I both say the Mishnah discusses the ramifications of that. Of course, it turns out that they're both alive. The piece we left off with yesterday was Rabbi Akiva. Right? So the Gemara wanted to suggest that according to Rabbi Akiva, so remember, the novelty in the Mishnah's ruling, although it, it's not so novel as we'll discuss, but the novelty is, let's play this out. So Ruvain marries Leah, Rachel's sister, because he received testimony that Rachel was dead. Okay, Rachel's not dead, Rachel's alive. So Rachel comes back, what did the Mishnah Paskin? That Rachel and Ruvain are permitted to resume their marriage. The Gemara was asking that according to Rabbi Akiva, this should not be the case. Why? See, I will say, according to Rabbi Akiva, when it turns out that Rachel is alive as well as Ruvain, right? Excuse me, as well as Shimon, right? Shimon ultimately, again, going ahead, Shimon being, Shimon being Leah's husband, when it turns out that they are alive. Jerry, welcome. Welcome. I think this is like Mamish... We'll say, Jerry has been our connection to Eretz Yisrael since the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, was so, I was so convinced that we would be zocha to join you there. But okay, Emir Sashem, Emir Sashem, they will come. So we'll say, so remember again, according to Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, when it turns out that Rachel is alive, so ultimately, again, Reuven is obligated to give Leah a get. Now, the novelty, of course, is what? Is that even though Halach said there was no marriage between Ruvain and Leah, because remember, again, it's Achos Ishto. According to Rabbi Akiva, there's still an obligation. And by the way, it's not just Achos Ishto. I say, what is it? What else is it? It's Eishas Ish. Because remember, Leah is married to Shimon. So there's no marriage here. There's no marriage here on any level. Yet Halach Halamaisa. Ruvain is obligated to go ahead and give Leah a get. So if Ruvain is obligated to give Leah a get, then the Gemara wants to suggest that what? That he shouldn't be able to remarry Rachel. Why not? Why not? Achos Gerushaso. Because this is so strange, but Rachel effectively becomes the sister of the woman you divorced. 
and you're not allowed to marry the sister of the woman you divorced. So both say, so the Gemara says, again, this is only Ashita's Rabbi Akiva, but according to Rabbi Akiva, ultimately, again, Ruvain should not be able to resume his marriage with Rachel. That's where he left off. So 17 lines down. So it says the Gemara, Valav Itmar Allah, 17 lines down, 94 Mabe, uh, 94 Mabe's, 94B, 17 lines down. Valav Itmar Allah, Amr Rabbi Gila, Amr Rabbi Amr Hi, Eishas Ach, Hechi Dami. What's the case of Eishas Ach? Because Rabbi Akiva holds that Allah you need to give a get in the case of Eishas Ach and in the case of Achosisha. So the Gemara says, Hechi Dami, what's the case? What's the case? To which the Gemara says, Kigon Shekidesh Achib Esaisha, Bahalach Lamdin Esayam. What's the case? The case is where one's brother was Makadesh a woman. So we'll say, let's say Reuven was Makadesh a woman. And ultimately, again, and he went overseas. And he heard that his brother passed away. And then he went ahead and married and married the brother's, the brother's wife, right? In this case, the woman who the brother did Kiddushin with. Then I both say that even though it turns out that Halacha had the halacha that the brother is alive, nevertheless, it requires a get. Why? Because the way we assume that people understand things played out was the brother must have made a tnainis kiddushin. The kiddushin didn't work. The high shapir nasiv, and therefore this second man rightfully married this woman. And therefore, Allah when it turns out that the brother comes back and he's not dead, the second brother is required to give a get. Because otherwise, if you don't give a get, people are just going to assume that you are releasing an ashes ish without any mechanism. I have a high achos isha nami hechidami. So what's the case of achos isha? Kigon shekidish es ha'isha Listen to this. The case could be a man betrothes a woman and then goes overseas. Vishama or she goes overseas. Vishama Shemesa, and ultimately again it's heard that she passed away. Ama Venasa Sachosa. She gets up and marries her sister. Drabose, now it turns out that again she didn't die. Turns out that she didn't die. And Halochalamaisa now again, what happens? She's back. The army inchi hach kamaisa tanai havilebi kidushe, the hash shapir nasav. Now, again, what's happening over here is as follows. See, you have these cases, according to Rabbi Akiva, where you do kiddushin, right? You do kiddushin with a woman, and then what happens? And then what happens? Right, she goes overseas, you go overseas, you think she's dead, she marries someone else, or a relative of her, she comes back. She comes back. You require a get in these cases. Now, say you shouldn't really require a get. Why not? Why not? Because there's no marriage. But, we're cons- but we require a get as public policy because we're concerned that people don't know the whole story. And if you just quote-unquote dissolve a relationship without a get, you, you could have catastrophic repercussions from that because people will end up dissolving relationships without a get. And of course, that is highly problematic. To which the Gemara says, Because again, but in the case of Nisuin, what are we concerned about? So I said, let, let's, let's play this out for just a moment over here, right? Reuven was married to Rachel. Reuven was married to Rachel, right? Rachel went overseas. It turns out together with who? With her brother-in-law, with her brother-in-law, Shimon. Fine, the truth is that's not so material right now. So what happens? Reuven gets testimony that Rachel's dead. He marries Rachel's sister, Leah. Rachel comes back. Rachel comes back. So I will say, now Rabbi Akiva is saying, okay, you have to give Leah a get. To which the Gemara says, why? Why? In other words, what are we, what are we concerned about? In other words, I will say, the only reason to require a get is because people are going to emerge with some type of misunderstanding about the circumstances. What type of misunderstanding are people going to emerge from over here? See, in the case of Kiddushin, I will say, let me just contrast this, then we're going to move forward. Otherwise, we're never going to catch up with the dab. And I will say, so, so remember again, in the case of Kiddushin, right, a man is Mekadish a woman, a man is Mekadish a woman, he goes ahead, she goes overseas, right, he goes ahead, he hears that she passed away, marries her sister, turns out that she comes back. See, in Kiddushin, the reason why often you require a get for the second marriage is because Kiddushin can be done with a tenai, with a condition. And so maybe people assume 
that the, the, the condition for the Kiddushin was never fulfilled. And that's why the man went and married this other woman. And therefore, again, when the original wife comes back, he has to give second wife a get, because otherwise people don't know all the circumstances. But in Nisuin, there's no Tinoim. There's no Tinai with Nisuin, Rabbi. So you can't do it tonight with Nisuin, because ultimately Nisuin often includes Bia. So you can't start with the Tinai with that. So what's the concern over here? Why would you require Ruvain to give ra, to give to give Leah a get? Amrli Rav Ash, Amrli Rav Ashi, the Rav Kahana, Irabi Akiva. Listen, Amichamosa. Zev Rabosai. The Gemara kind of leaves off with that, but the Gemara raises another question. If you're going to go ahead and highlight that this is like Rabbi Akiva, why don't you also include the case of mother-in-law? Of mother-in-law. I'll give you another good case. Another good case. Right? Reuven is married to Rachel. Rachel goes overseas. Rachel goes overseas. And what happens? Reuven gets testimony that Rachel's dead. And what does he do? He marries Rachel's mother, right? Rachel's mother, his mother-in-law, right? Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that after one's wife dies, ultimately, again, relationship with one's mother-in-law is no longer punishable by Sreifa. By Sreifa. Okay, this Sanyo, we're going to talk about this Pasuk a lot because it's actually a very strange Pasuk. The Pasuk says, if a man will marry a woman and her mother, so a man marries a woman and her, and her mother, his mother-in-law, it's znus, it's immorality, in the fire he and they shall be burned. Now I will say, it's not clear what the they is, right? Because the truth is, there's not, it's not like this is an act of immorality between three people, right? So we'll see exactly what the pshat is. But the point that we're making over here is Rabbi Akiva holds the Isser Sreifa is only when one's wife is alive. But after the wife passes away, there's no Isser Sreifa with the mother-in-law, to which the Gemara says, Ba'ish Yisrofu, Osovias hen, Osovias achas men de Rabbi Shmuel. So I will say, ultimately, again, Rabbi Shmuel says, it means the man is put to death, and, and achas mehen, and one of them. Rashi says over here, Shekim Belashon Yevani Korin Laachas Heno, from Rachmona Achronishna Sabes Rathisarif. I will say, who's put to death, Krent Rabbi Shmuel? The last one he married. In other words, the first woman he met, right? If he marries the mother-in-law first, it's mutter. Why is it mutter? Why is it mutter? It's a good Shabbos table riddle. Because it's not his mother-in-law yet, right? In other words, the woman's only, right, a woman is only your mother-in-law after you marry her daughter. So if you marry the quote-unquote mother-in-law first, that's mutter. Then marrying the daughter is asr. It's the daughter who's chayeves. Conversely, if you marry the daughter first, ultimately again, then the mother-in-law. So Rabbi Shmuel says, Ba'ish Yisrifu Osovi Eshen. Eshen really means Eshin. He's put to death. And the second woman who he married in this triangle is put to death as well. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Osovi Ashtehen. Rabbi Akiva says, no, it's him and both of them. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Osovi Ashtehen. Kedeba inon hasam besanhedrin. Mai benai ha vadai ishto gimuro. Lo om Rabbi Akiva de Bishrei. Vashari ani azu. Machat a hari behetrin. He says, Rabbi Mashmos Darshan Ikimenev. Rabbi Akiva Savar. Tartik sivi chamoso veim chamoso. Oh. They both say, listen to this. Rabbi Akiva Darshan's that what it means is like this. There's actually two, three women here are prohibited. There's the daughter, her mother, and the mother of the mother-in-law, right? All three of those women are prohibited to be in the same marital union. Good. That's Rabbi Akiva's Rasha. So according to Abaye, who says that the Machlok is Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Akiva is just had a dash in the Pasuk. Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Savar Chadaksiv. Rabbi Shmuel on the hand, understands that the word Eshen actually only refers to one woman. Rabbi Akiva Savar Tartiksiv. And Rabbi Akiva also no, Eshen refers to two women, i.e. the mother-in-law and the mother-in-law's mother. El Rava. Who holds that no, the point of contention is does the prohibition of mother in law apply, continue to apply, even after the death of one's wife? Listening, Nami Chamoso. Then I will say Rabbi Akiva should include in our mission another case. What's the other case? I will say, what's the additional case? The additional case should be Ruven is married to Rachel, Rachel goes overseas. 
right? Instead of just framing this as a case where Reuven marries Rachel's sister Leah, let's add another dimension over here. Reuven marries Rachel's mother. Rachel's mother. That can also be a case in the Mishnah. To which the Gemara says, Nehi demiata kra misreifa misura kamiata kra. It's true. The Torah says that perhaps a mother-in-law after the death of one's wife is not punishable by Sreifa, but she's still Asura. As opposed to Avosai, a wife's sister. A wife's sister is only Asura when? When? When the wife is alive. Now, Avosai, alive also means even if they're divorced, right? Halakha Lamai says, as long as one's wife is alive, even if he's not married to her, the prohibition upon her sister still remains. So I will say, so in the, in the case of the Mishnah, we're looking for a situation where if one's wife were to die, this particular relationship would become unequivocally and absolutely permitted. There's only one case of that, which is sister. Because even though mother-in-law technically is no longer punishable by Srefa after the wife dies, it's still Aser. That's why I don't include it. Good. Let's go weiter. I viti Aser b'shchiva da'achosa. So I will say, but still, I don't understand. Why don't we say, why don't we say that halacha lamaisa, once Ruvain has relations with Leah, right, his wife's sister, Rachel should be prohibited to him. Why? To which the Gemara says, Because it should be no different than the case of the woman who husbands, whose husband went overseas. We'll say, look at Rashi. It's the second to last line of Rashi. Let's think about the opposite case, right? The opposite case is where the husband went overseas. Wife got testimony that her husband is dead. What did she do? She remarried, right? Legally, legally. It turns out now that her husband's alive. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? She is Asura, right? Labalan to Boel. So at the end of the day, why don't we say the same thing over here? In other words, why, why doesn't, why doesn't, why doesn't Rachel become prohibited to her husband as well? To which the Gemara says, Lo dami, lo dami ishto dibemezid asira midaoraisa, bishogi gazru buhurabanan. I will say this is actually quite a fascinating statement. The Gemara says like this, when a woman willfully commits adultery, Ultimately, again, she is asura midoraisa to her husband and to the adulterer. In that case, Chazal went ahead and where goes her that even if the adultery is bishogeg, she should still be asura. She should still be asura. Look at the last Rashi on the daf. Rashi says, "Dibemazin misura midoraisa dechsevihilo nispasa demashma isura hilchach bishogeg kigon alpi bezin gazubarabanan." So I will say this is fascinating. Technically speaking, an accidental act of adultery should not make a woman asura to her husband. But since intentional adultery does, Thrabaran goes there even in a case of, of um, you know, a called act. This is not really accident. It's the better word for accidental. It's um, mistaken, right? Mistaken, because it's not really, even in inadvertent, it's mistaken, right? Tell us, it's, a mista- it's mistaken adultery, mistaken adultery. I mean, to be honest, adultery is always mistaken, right? It's right. It is, but but again, good. You understand. So I say. So the, the Gemara says, top of achos isha listen to this. In the case of achos isha, let's say a man intentionally has relations with his wife's sister, intentionally. Aser, does it in any way impact his marriage? And of course, the answer is unequivocally yes, right? Of course, of course it does, right? Halachically, halachically, does it impact his marriage, right? I mean, again, it might put him in sakranas nefashas, but, but, but lamaisa, in other words, it doesn't make him asura to his wife. So I will say, so what the Gemara is saying is like this. In the case of adultery, mistaken adultery, so Chazal were goes around and said, wife, you're asura to the Baal and to the Boel. But in the case of where he has relations with his wife's sister, even if he were to, right, even if she was alive, Right, and he, he knew she was alive, and he were to go out and do that. Halacha lemaisa doesn't quote unquote halachically impact his marriage. Therefore, b'shogeg lo Therefore, halacha b'shogeg chazal weren't gozra as well. And therefore, even in this case in the Mishnah, where he married his sister-in-law, thinking that his wife was dead, and it turns out that she's alive and she's back, halacha lemaisa his wife is not prohibited. We'll say sadekim and second line down uminalan delo asira. 
How do I know that? That's an interesting statement, by the way. How do I know that if a man intentionally has relations with his sister-in-law, intentionally, that that does not prohibit his wife to him? How do I know that? Tisanya osa this is the Pasuk by adultery. Pasuk by adultery. So the Torah says, if a man will sleep with her, shikhvas zera. And her husband, and right, and it's hidden from her husband. So this is the passage by adultery. So you're supposed to listen to this. So the Gemara Darshins, Osa Shribas Osarta. It is only an act of adultery that prohibits a woman to her husband. But if her husband sleeps with her sister, it does not prohibit her. In other words, both side, it is only an act of immorality that the wife herself commits that ultimately answers her to her husband. But an act of immorality done with someone other than the wife does not prohibit the wife to her husband. What's an act of morality done with someone other than the wife? If the husband has relations with his wife's sister, as much as that is usher and carries with it liability, I will say to be clear, it carries a significant liability, it does not answer the wife to her husband. The truth is, I could have made a Kavah Homer. What's the Kavah Homer? We're in a situation where a man, now we'll say the wording here is a little bit strange. We're going to see what this means, right? If a man were to go ahead and transgress an Isser Kal, a relatively light Isser, we're, we're going to discuss what that means. So the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, she becomes prohibited to her husband, that I will say, we're going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this now, and it's not going to make sense, but it'll make sense later. The Isser Kal they're referring to over here is adultery, is adultery. The reason they're calling Isser Kal, adultery in Isser Kal, I will say why, is because ultimately, again, first of all, it's not a relation, and also it can be terminated, right? Why could it be terminated? Why? A get, a get. As opposed to other types of arayos where they are a de facto state, right? The Isra of adultery could be turned. If a husband gives his wife a get, there's no longer an Isra of adultery. So I'll say, listen to this. In a case of adultery, so if she commits the act of adultery, she becomes asura to her husband. Then certainly again, in a case of, of an Isra Khamer, what's the case of an Isra Khamer? Achos Isha. Because you must listen to this. The prohibition of Achos Isha applies when? Applies when? Even after they're divorced. Rabbi right? this is the novelty. Once you marry a woman, her sister is a surah to you for as long as the wife is alive, even if you're no longer married to her. The only time the sister becomes permitted is once the wife dies. So I'm at a thought, Makom Shabal Isr Chamer, Eino Dinshnes Aloser. So I will say, if for an Isr Kal, if for an Isr Kal, Ultimately, again, a wife becomes prohibited to her husband. For an Isser Chamer, like Achos Isha, I would have thought for sure that if man has relations with his sister-in-law, his wife should become prohibited to him. I'm Rabbi Huda. Therefore, I will say I have the Pasuk that says, Osa. Osa means it is only an act that the wife does that prohibits her to her husband. But an act that the husband does with someone else, even the wife's sister, does not prohibit the wife to her husband. Don't disagree in a case of a man who has relations with his mother-in-law. That if you have relations with your mother-in-law, ultimately, again, that prohibits you from living with your wife. That's the version right now. So what do we disagree with? The machlokis they have is when you have relations with your sister-in-law. Beishamay says relations with a sister-in-law prohibits a man from living with his wife. Beishil says no it doesn't. No it doesn't. On Rabbi Yossi, no. Lo nechalukubeshan beisila bebalachos al achos ishto. 
Alachos Ishto, Shilo Posas Ishto. So Rabbi Yossi has a different version. He says, no, no, no. Bishamah still agree that even relations with your sister-in-law does not go ahead and prohibit you from living with your wife. Aman nechlaku beba'al chamoso. The machlokis is a case where you have relations with your mother-in-law. Shebeshamai omrim posel, ubeisila omrim lo posel. Beishamai says relations with your mother-in-law prohibit you from living with your wife. Beisila says no, it doesn't. So I'll just point out, by the way, we're going to see, we pass in halacha lamaisa with this drusha with osa. We pass in that halacha lamaisa even if the man has relations with any of these women, his wife's sister, his mother-in-law, again, I want to be clear, he may be chayiv misa, right? Both in the hands of a Beisdin and by his wife. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, Lamaisa, he's not prohibited from continuing his marriage. It's quite, it's quite fascinating. We're going to see the drasha of Osa means it's only when the woman has an extramarital relationship that the inability to continue the marriage is there. The husband, I want to point out, right, relationship, relations with your mother-in-law is a chi of Misa. Relations with your wife's sister is a chi of Misa. So just understand, the guy is not off the hook. He's chai of Misa. He's chai of Misa. But la Misa, it doesn't prohibit him from continuing his marriage. So the Gemara says, Lefi, let's analyze this. It's really fascinating. So listen to this. Before you get married, right? Before you get married, right? So listen to this. So right, right? You ask a man, right? Before you're married, who are you mutter to? And what does he say? What does he say? Everyone, right? The world is my kosher oyster, right? Like, right, Lemaisa again, right? He's mutter to every woman in the world. By the way, same thing for her. Same thing for her. She can marry any man. He can marry any woman. Kadsha, he does Kiddushin. He osra, vihi asarto. So I will say, ultimately, again, the moment they have Kiddushin, he prohibits her and she prohibits him, to be clear. Right, but watch this. But again, to be clear, right, the nature of the prohibition that she, that he now has is much less expansive than the prohibition that she has. Why? Because you're about to say, who is she asura to? Who is she asura to? Everyone, everyone. But remember again, I will say at least before, at least at least before there was a ban on polygamy. Ultimately, who is who is he usher to? Who is he usher to? Her relatives, her relatives. So again, they both have a level of isser, but obviously her isser is much more expansive. Balo dinhu. So the Gemara says, "Kavachomer umahi she usher bechol anoshim sheba olam." So let's analyze the kavachomer umahu when it comes to the husband that when he marries this woman he asers her in all of the men of the world shagaga ba'asrala eina neseres b'mutrala. They both say technically speaking on a biblical level on a biblical level shagaga ba'asrala. Let's say she inadvertently commits an act of adultery. We just saw before midda oraisa that does not aser her to her husband. She is not ushered to the one who she is permitted to, to her husband. He, she who only prohibits him in her relatives, if he makes a mistake with someone who is ushered to him, i.e., let's say, her sister, ultimately, again, she, he certainly should not be permitted to, sorry, he certainly should not be prohibited to continue the marriage. This is true by Shogi. So we made a good Kavachomer, made a good Kavachomer, should a man inadvertently have relations with his sister-in-law that would not prohibit him, or mother-in-law for that matter, that would not prohibit him from going in and continuing his marriage. I says, even even bemazed if a man had relations with his wife's sister, or a man had relations with his wife's mother, that halacha lamaisa, it should not preclude him from continuing the marriage. Talmud Lomar, osa. Bo says, goes back to osa. Osa, shchivasa, osarta. Ve'in shchivas, achosa, osarta. They both say, this is the drasha, osa. V'shachav ish, osa. They both say, the only type of relationship that prevents, or a legal relationship, illegal relationship, that prevents a marriage from moving forward 
is a relationship that the woman engages in. But a relationship that the man engages in, it may make him chayiv misa, but lamaisa does not preclude the marriage from moving forward. Salach lamaisa, we have successfully shown that even if a man intentionally has relations with his sister-in-law, intentionally has relations with his mother-in-law, now he's chayiv misa, he's chayiv misa, but lamaisa, the relationship still has the ability to continue. What is it based on? Because the Pasik says, It is only osa, it is only when she engages in an illegal relationship that the marriage is precluded from moving forward. Incredible. I'm Rabbi, I'm Rabbi Shlakish. My time with Rabbi Huda. What's Rabbi Huda's logic? So we'll say, now remember, let's go back. Let's go back. So we'll say, right? Rabbi Huda wanted to suggest that Allah in the case of Ba'achamos, when a man has relations with his mother-in-law, ultimately he cannot go out and continue his marriage. Right? What's the machlogis Yoshan Silal on Achosishto? So let's analyze this. The Pasik says, Ba'ishisrofo Sovias. And I will say the Pasik that says, you're not allowed to have relations with your mother-in-law, says, in the fire they will be burned, he and them. Them. Who's the them? The Chikalabayas Kulubasrefa? I will say, remember again. This is not talking about where he's having relations with his wife and his mother-in-law at the same time, where everybody's engaging in an act of arayos. Right? We're talking about over here, where he marries two women illegally. So, so Bepashtos, who's the person who's Chaim Misa, the husband, and who else? And who else? The second woman marries. So what, what? It sounds like you're burning down the house, right? We're going to kill everyone, right? What, what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, Im eno in Today in the Isura. I will say ultimately again, if it, if you don't need it for Sreifa, ultimately again use it for use it for Isura to teach me that what Rabbi say that halacha lemaisa If a man has relations with his mother-in-law, according to Rabbi Yehuda, his wife becomes prohibited to him. So I will say this is the position of Rabbi Yehuda that the ascen the plurality of it means. There might be one woman from the Zechi of Misa, but once a man has relations with his mother-in-law, he is no longer permitted to continue to live with his wife. Now again, we've established, we don't pass in that way, but this is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, we'll say first wide line, Ein Allah Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says in Mishmuel, that Allah does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. So let's listen to this. There was a man who had relations with his mother-in-law. See, he was married. He was married, right? And, right? clearly, albeit unhappily, has relations with his mother-in-law, right? So Lamaise said, now what happens? This situation comes before Rabbi Yehuda. So which I see Rabbi Yehuda, Nagde. He was brought for Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda flogged him. Rabbi Yehuda flogged him. Amr lei, ilavda amr shmuel in alach Rabbi Yehuda, were it not for the fact that Shmuel said alach is not Rabbi Yehuda, asarte ale isra de'alam. I would tell you that your wife is ushered to you forever. In other words, so I would have answered you from living with your wife. But Lamaisa, again, Allah is not like Rabbi Huda, and therefore I will say, but this is how he passed Allah Lamaisa. So obviously, if a man has relations with his mother in law, a man has relations with his sister in law, there's liability, potential capital liability, but it does not preclude him, but it does, let me say, it doesn't, it doesn't make his wife asura to him. That's the halacha. So the Gemara, my Yisraqa, let's go back for just a moment. When the Gemara started this discussion, the Gemara spoke about Kavachomer uh, has talked about Isrkal. What's an Isrkal? Amravchista Machzir Grushaso Mishenises. So which I'm sorry. Amravchista Machzir Grushaso Mishenises Balas. To which the Gemara says, I'm sorry, I should stop that. Machzir Grushaso. What's the case of Isrkal? A man who remarries his divorcee. That's Isrkal. Why? Mishnah Gemara says Mishenises Bala Hai. Because the moment that the second husband has relations with her, she becomes prohibited to the first husband. When we say first husband, first husband is really what? Ex-husband. Ex-husband. And now if she transgresses or they transgress, and ultimately she has relations with the first husband, really the former ex-husband. So, she becomes prohibited ultimately again to husband number two. To which the Gemara says, so again, just what that means is, Ruvain's married to Rachel, right? Ruvain divorces Rachel. Okay, she's still, right? You can still remarry your divorcee. Rachel marries Shimon. Once Shimon has relations with Rachel, Rachel becomes prohibited to Ruvain. If Shimon now divorces Rachel, right? So ultimately, again, she can't marry Ruvain. If Ruvain has relations with her, now ultimately, again, she becomes prohibited to who? 
to Shimon. So the Gemara says, So Ma'am Machser Grushasa Mishanises Shekin Nit Mahagof. We both say it's different. Machser Grushasa was different because there's a certain level of physical defilement. So in other words, once she lived with the second husband, she's not permitted to go back to the first husband. The Isura Barov, and furthermore, again, ultimately, again, the Isra applies to all men. The Isura Isra Olam, and ultimately, what? There is an eternal Isra. What's the case? The case, what's the Isrkal? Isrkal is a case of a Yavama who lives with a man who's not her Yavam. To which the Gemara says, Yavama Laman, Ile Malaacher, if you're talking about to someone else who's not her Yavam, Ukidrav Hamunduna, Shomeras Yavam Shazin Sasruli Yavama. That a Shomeris Yavam, who had relations with a man who's not her Yavam, becomes tributed to the Yavam. Mali Yavam Shekinit Mahaguf. Sirbo said these are cases ultimately, again, where there's what we'll call a level of physical defilement. The Surah Barov, and the Israel applies to, the, to everyone. Rather, I will say, must be a case of the Yavama to the other brothers. What's, what's the case? Avad Bamaamar. Hi, if one brother does Maimar with her. Asra Allah Dahai. She ultimately becomes related to the other. Bala Idah, if then another brother has relations with her. Asra Allah Dahai. She has prohibited to this one. To which the Gemara says, My area Shabala Shani. Why did you have to set it up as a case where another brother is having relations with her? Afilu Avad Ba Nami Ma'amar. Or you could even take talk about a case where one brother does Ma'amar and a second brother does Ma'amar. So the Gemara says, Halo Kashia, Kabbalah of the Amar, Ain Ma'amar, Akhar Ma'amar. That's the position Rabbi, Rabbi, Gamliel, Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel holds. Once one brother does ma'amar, a second brother cannot. Ella, afilu nasan la get, fa'afilu chalatzla. So set it up as a case of where one is giving her a get or doing chalitza. Ella, am Rabbi Yochanan, sota. I will say, again, just to be clear, oh, just trying to figure out, is he made a kavachomer on the top of the daf? And the kavachomer was, spoke about an isr kal. We're just trying to figure out, by the way, what's the isr kal? That the Gemara is referring to. Rather, it must be Sota. So Gemara says, okay, okay. Well, remember again, Sota is the woman suspected of adultery and being taken to the base of Mikdash to drink the waters to determine her guilt or innocence. So Sota Laman, who is the Sota having relations with? Ilema Labal. If you tell me she's having relations with her husband, Ba Baala Baal Asra Le Deboal. If she ultimately, Baala Baal. Asra ala the ball. So I'll say ultimately again, if she has relations with the Baal, she's a to the Baal. Really? My area Baala, Afilu Nasalaget. Even if ultimately he gives her a get, she's still a to the Baal. Fafilu Amar ain animashke. Even if she says, I'm not drinking, she's still a to the Baal. Ella sota sota le Baal. Rather, we're talking about the nature of the prohibition of the sota to the man with whom she's suspected of committing adultery. To which the Imar says, Hai Isr Kalu, that's not an Isr Kal, that's an Isr Chamer, the Hainu Eishes Ish. I will say, the prohibition of, or the nature of the prohibition between the sota and the man with whom she, she committed adultery cannot be called an Isr Kal, that's adultery. That's adultery. Hainu Eishes Ish, I will say, Amit Beis, Ela, Amit Rava, Eishes Ish. Oh, okay, I will say. What's the, I, I, again, this is why I said it to you before when we learned the Gemara, but what's the case ultimately, again, of Isr Kal that the Gemara is referring to over here? The Isr Kal referred to in the Gemara is the Isr of Eishes Ish. Eishes Ish. Because I take a look at Rashi. Rashi's top Rashi, Tzadikim and Beis. V'hainu Isr Kal legabe achos isha l'fi she'ein ha'oser osra kol yamav. So I will say, how can you call Ashes Ish an Isr Kal? So both say, the reason is, the reason is because, you know, both say, you know, everything, you know, the, the, the Maral says that sometimes the only way you understand the meaning of one thing is by going ahead and understanding the opposite of it. So the Maral discusses why is it that Klalisol suffers so much because we're going to have such a beautiful gula, such a beautiful redemption. But to appreciate the greatness of redemption, what do you have to see? What do you have to see? Suffering. Suffering. You can't appreciate redemption if you never suffered. So Claudia experiences such acute suffering because it's going to intensify and enhance our appreciation for the greatness of the Gula. So I will say, Lahavdil, within the realm of Isser, sometimes the only way to understand the nature of the severity of an Isser is to contrast with something else. So if you put two Isurim side by side, the Isra of Eishes Ish and Achos Isha. 
if you put those side by side, Ashes, right? Ashes ish, Ashes ish is the Isser Kal, and Achos Isha is the Isser Chamer. Why? Why listen to this? Because I will say very simple. Ashes ish, is it eternal? Is it eternal? No, right? How do you terminate the Isra Ashes ish? Death or get? Death or get? Achos Isha, Bosai, is it eternal? To a certain degree, it is. Because Lamaisa Achos Isha applies even outside of the context of marriage. So even after a man terminates his marriage to a particular woman, her sister still remains primitive. Look at Rashi. See, I will say when you're married to someone, that marriage doesn't have to be eternal. There's a way to terminate marriage. A get, a get. But I will say, once you're married to a woman, you become prohibited to her sister all the days of her life. So marriage has a termination option, even during the lifetime of the parties. Right? Achos Isha, that Isser, does not have a termination option during the life of the parties. Quite fascinating. Therefore, again, the Gemara calls, the Gemara calls Ishes Ish, the Gemara calls adultery, the Isser Kal. So to speak, fascinating. Second line on the Kiran base, Rabbi Yochanan, Eishes Ish, Umay Kari La Iser Kal. Why do we call Eishes Ish an Iser Kal? She'en Ha'osra, Osra Kal Yamav. Because Rabbi said the husband who prohibits his wife in Eishes Ish does not prohibit her all the days of her life. We'll say, why doesn't it prohibit her all the days of life? Why not? There's an out. What's the out? Get. Get. So I will say, so again, the simple, so I will say, here the distinction, Ashes Ish, that prohibition does not necessarily devolve upon the parties during their entire lifetime, right? There's an exit option. Get. Ashes, sorry, Achos Isha, wife, sister, that prohibition devolves upon both parties all the days of their lives. Incredible. Tainach, right? So that support says, Abba Chanam Shem Belazar, Ashes Ish. I would have thought like this. In the case of Israel, in the case of Israel, where the husband does not prohibit his wife all the days of her life, ultimately, what was the Kavachomer? Remember the Kavachomer? The Kavachomer was, if in an Isser Kal, if in an Isser Kal, where the wife goes ahead and transgresses, becomes prohibited to her husband, that in the case of an Isser Chamer, which is Achos Isha, where one of the parties transgresses, what's the transgression over here? husband accidentally has relations with his sister-in-law because he thought his wife was dead, certainly should prohibit the wife, right? Three important pieces of halacha that emerge from this sugi. Number one, we adopt this drasha of osa, which means that it's a kind of three that is really all one. So I will say, which teaches me what? Osa teaches me the only type of relationship that prevents the marriage going forward is when, is when, is when the wife illegally engages in an illicit relationship. That's what kind of brings the marriage to a screeching halt. It brings it to a halt mid da'oraisa if it was b'mezid, and mid even if it was b'shogeg. But when the husband engages in an illicit relationship, now again, it does not bring the marriage to a halt. In other words, he's still permitted, they are still permitted as a couple to live together. Now again, I wanna be clear, it does not mean that when the husband engages in a relationship, in a lizard relationship, that he emerges without culpability. Again, in the case where he has relations with the mother-in-law, Chiev Misa, relations with his sister-in-law, Chiev Misa, but it does not prevent the marriage from going forward. What is that based on? A Pasek. It will say it's all the Pasek of Osa. The Shachav Ish Osa. It is only Osa. It is only when she engages in an illicit relationship that the marriage is unable to continue. We're both saying that is halacha So Beautiful. I mean, not beautiful, but you understand. Rabbi Yossi Omer. Good. Rabbi Yossi Omer. Rabbi Yossi says, Kol Shepolsa. So we'll remember again, we have this interesting statement in the Mishnah, right? Rabbi Yossi essentially said like this. I'm going to according to the Mishnah. Kol Shepolsa ayyadeh, 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 atzmo. So we'll say, which essentially means, 
anyone who puzzles others himself becomes puzzle. But anyone who does not puzzle others himself doesn't become puzzle. To which the Gemara says, my come, Rabbi Yosef, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So watch this. So maybe, so we'll say, now here's what we know. Rabbi Yossi seems to be arguing on the Tanakama. Not seems, Rabbi Yossi is arguing on the Tanakama. Seems to be arguing on the Tanakama. Right? So I'll say, what is Rabbi Yossi arguing on? So listen to this. So Tanakama is going to say like this. Rabbi Yossi, remember, again, we've established what's the case. What's the case? Not only is Rachel, Ruvain's wife, going overseas, but who is Rachel going overseas with? Shimon. Her brother-in-law, right? Her sister's husband, Leah's sis, right? Leah's husband. Okay. So Tanakama says, the Azul Isha Ishto Vigislam Dinasayam. So Ruvain, his wife and his brother-in-law went overseas. Rabbi say, by the way, I want to point out that that sounds shady by itself. But let me say again, it doesn't mean they went together. In other words, you know, you know, Rachel and Israel and and Shimon went to China. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean they're traveling together. The point is they're they're both gone together, and testimony comes back about both of them. So now watch this. So Aisha's Giso Asira the Ishto Sharia. So most remember again. Now what's the net effect? What's the net effect? Ruvain ends up marrying who? Ruvain ends up marrying who? Let's play this out. Ruvain marries who? Leah. His wife's sister. So now what happens? Now again, and they, they're both acting legally because Ruvain got testimony that Rachel died and Leah got testimony that what? That what? Shimon died. Now it turns out who shows up? Rachel and Shimon. So let's say, now remember again, so there's two, there's two, there's two families over here. So Ruvain is permitted to go ahead and continue to live with his wife. They both say, what about Leah and Shimon? What about Leah and Shimon? No. No, because Leah inadvertently committed adultery. So Leah can't, so we'll say, so it's too disparate halachas. As much as Reuven and Rachel are permitted to continue their marriage, Shimon and Leah cannot. So the Gemara says, the, so the halacha is, Eishas giso asira, v'ishto sharia. So literally again, his brother-in-law's wife, i.e., i.e. Leah, is not permitted to live with her husband. And ultimately again, Rachel is, the Kamal Rabbi Yossi, and maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying is like this, Maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying is like this. That doesn't make sense. If Rachel is going to be permitted to, to, to resume living with her husband, then what? Leah should be permitted to resume living with her husband as well. This is all one tangled web. So whatever is going to apply to one side of the equation should apply to the other. So if Rachel is permitted to continue living with her husband, then Leah should be permitted as well. Maybe that's what Rabbi Yossi is saying. Well, that's Rabbi Yossi saying, Ihachi, then instead of the Mishnah saying, whoever doesn't passel themselves doesn't pa- whoever doesn't passel others doesn't passel themselves, it should really say, then it should really say, any person who is not passel themselves should not passel others. Ve'ela, so I'll say that came out of Rabbi Yossi saying, Ve'ela, Kihechi, Maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying is like this. Maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying is like this. In reality, the same way that Halacha Lamaisa, Leah is going to be prohibited to her husband. Rabbi Yossi says that what? Says that what? Rachel should be prohibited to Ruvain. In other words, that's Rabbi Yossi arguing. If that's the case, if that's the case, to which the Gemara says, so I'll say, if that's the case, then I understand the first part of the phrase of but what does mean? So we'll say, again, we're just trying to figure out what is Rabbi Yossi saying. I know the words, right? Whoever doesn't compromise, others doesn't compromise. Whoever doesn't puzzle, others doesn't puzzle themselves. Whoever puzzles, others puzzle themselves. I just don't know what he's talking about. So we'll say, so we're still at a loss. What is Rabbi Yossi coming to say? To which the Gemara says, you're, you're focusing on the wrong case. Listen to this. I'm Rabbi Ami, Aresha. Wow. Watch this. Rabbi Yossi is actually commenting on the first line in the first part of the Mishnah. Where we'll say, let's go back. What was the first part of the Mishnah? Niseis api beizdin teitsei uptura minakarban. Suppose, listen to this. What was the first part of the Mishnah? The first part of the Mishnah, if you look at Rashi, by the way, um, Actually, let's just do it in the So listen to this. Nisais api beizdin. So I will say, ultimately, if a woman got married api beizdin. Well, say, let's go back for just a moment. This is where the husband went overseas. Husband went overseas, right? 
And Lamaisa, what happened over here? Wet witness comes along and tells her that her husband is dead. So what's her status? Listen to this. Nisei I remember again, the wording here is interesting. We saw, what does api bezdin mean? What does api bezdin? Erechad. Erechad. Because also remember again, when you have two witnesses, you don't need bezdin. You don't need bezdin. So if she got married based on an erechad, so we'll say, now what happens? So, so right, Rachel's told that Ruvain's dead from an erechad. She goes and she gets remarried. Then it turns out that Ruvain's alive. What's her, so we'll say, what's, what's her status? Teitzei. So unfortunately, now she cannot remain married to either one of the two men. However, upeturam in a carbon. They will say, but she's put it from carbon. Why is she put it from carbon? Why? Why? Because any time you act under the umbrella of Beisdin, you have carbonic coverage. Right? You don't have to bring a carbon, although that's subject to dispute as well. Apiedim, but if she gets married based on the testimony of two witnesses, then what? Tate she still has to leave both husbands, right? But the chayev is carbon, But I both say she is chayevis in a carbon. Why? Because when I said two witnesses, she's getting married. She, she has no carbonic coverage because she's not getting married under the auspices of Beisdin. In this case, what do you see? Yafek kocho shal Beisdin shepacha min carbon. I both say, what do you see from here? You see from here that Allah Chalamaisa sometimes, not sometimes, but the koach of Beisdin is strong in that Beisdin gives you carbonic coverage. Shepachar. So I'll say, so fine. So I'll say, so that's the statement, right? That, that's just the Mishnah. That's the, right? That, that, straight out, straight out. Now watch this. The Ka'amar Tanakama, the Tanakama comes along and says, Lo shanu apiedim, de'eshes giso sharia. So I'll say, ultimately again, Lemaisa, it makes no difference if at the end of the day, you know, we'll say, we're going to stop over for today. We're going to stop over for today. We'll pick up with this piece. Okay, we're a little bit more caught up, right? We'll pick up with this piece. We'll pick up on these parts tomorrow. We'll say, so again, I just wanted to show you where, where we're leaving off. Where we're leaving off is where we're sending to Rabbi Yossi, right? Rabbi Yossi says, whoever doesn't apostle, others doesn't apostle themselves. Whoever, whoever apostles, others apostles themselves. Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So we thought initially that Rabbi Yossi ultimately was commenting on the statement right beforehand. And maybe what he's commenting on is the seeming inequity between, inequity, inequality? Inequity, right? Seeming inequity between the way we treat Ruvain's wife and ultimately Leah, right? And Shimon's wife. To which the Gemara says, no, that's not what we're talking about. Rabbi Yossi is commenting ultimately on the Reisha, the first case of the Mishnah, Explanation of Mirat Hashem and resolution to be continued tomorrow. Shkoyach.